Welcome to this episode of Think Wildlife Podcast. Today I speak to Anjali Prabhakaran, who is a member of the Small Cat Advocacy and Research Organization based in Sri Lanka. They work on a variety of small cat species, but on this episode, we will predominantly focus on the conservation of the fishing cat. which is one of the most unique species of small cats. Welcome to the 3 Wildlife podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me to do this. Could you elaborate on what you do at SCAR? Yes. Um so my name is Anjali um and my role at SCAR which is a non-profit organization that is dedicated to protecting small wild cats and mesocarnivores in Sri Lanka is it's quite a fun role. I'm the conservation communications manager. So basically I handle the SCAR social media and I share information about small wild cats, particularly the fishing cat on the Facebook and Instagram. Um I also help to coordinate events for the Urban Fishing Cat Conservation Project that happens in Colombo. It's run by Anya Ratnayaka. Then I also recently started my own research project under the organization. So I do it with my co-investigator Charin Patisanaika. So this project is a terrestrial mammal monitoring project. It happened like it goes on in a regenerated forest on a privately owned land in the south coast of Sri Lanka. And one of our main aims is actually to establish if this pro- if this property is home to the elusive fishing cat. So yeah, that's basically what I do at SCA. Talking about fishing cats, what is so unique about the species? Okay, so um, have you ever seen a fishing cat? Um, if you have, they're really beautiful animals. Um, they have olive grey coats and black stripes and spots on their body. They are about the size of a poodle, and they are really unique because, as you know, most cats aren't too fond of water. but when it comes to the fishing cat that's not really the case so this is a water loving feline and its survival is actually dependent on wetland habitats such as swamps marshes and mangrove ecosystems so that's one of the things that makes it really special <laughs> and where are fishing cats found so fishing cats are found in habit, uh, wetland ecos- uh, wetland habitats so they are found in wetland ecosystems in habitats such as um swamps marshes and also mangroves so wherever there is a water source a large or running water source that's where you will find fishing cats and uh, could you elaborate a bit on the ecology of the fishing cat yes so fishing cats actually have cool adaptation so as i said they spend a lot of time in the water and they are well suited to this semi aquatic lifestyle um so they have double coated fur They've got a longer layer of fur on the outside and shorter layer underneath, and this helps to keep them warm and dry in the water. So when a fishing cat goes fishing, um, they don't get too cold. So it's kind of like having thermals underneath. They also have semi-retractable claws on their hind feet. So most cats, except for cheetahs, um, they can retract their claws fully. But cheetahs have partially retractable claws, and just like a cheetah, the fishing cat has semi-retractable claws on their hind feet, and this helps them to anchor them onto a bank while fishing. So then they will then put half their body towards the water, 
and they sometimes tap the surface of the water to mimic the movement of insects. And they do this because the fish get drawn up to the surface then. And then the fishing cat will scoop them out of the water with their paws, but they'll also dive right in. And if you look at the structure of a fishing cat's face, it has a really elongated muscle. Now, this helps them to reduce water resistance during their dive as well. So, yeah, when it comes to fishing cat ecology, there's a lot more, but these are basically the main things that make it so well suited to their lifestyle in the wetlands. Why are fishing cats persecuted for the illegal wildlife trade? Yes. So, fishing cats, um, they have evidently been killed for consumption throughout much of their recognized distribution, like in South and Southeast Asia. And they have been killed for numerous reasons related to the illegal trade, not only for consumption, but also for their skins, body parts, and in some cases, even for cultural and ceremonial practice. So in Cambodia and Thailand, for instance, the species is killed by local people for consumption or retaliation, such as when the cats damage fishing nets or they even kill livestock. So human-wildlife conflict there. There are few records of fishing cats being killed for consumption and trade here in Sri Lanka. However, during 2020, there were several reports of fishing cat meat, fur and body parts that were being sold in the country. Um, sadly, most of these cases do go unnoticed or are ignored unless reported by non-governmental organizations or concerned people and educated communities. How severe is the issue of human-wildlife conflict impacting fishing cats? Um, it is impacting them quite a lot, especially as I said earlier in Southeast Asia. They are mainly threatened by persecution, for instance, when they attack people or kill people's livestock and poultry. Um, so as a result, the cats are poisoned. They are trapped and even clubbed to death across their range. So it's, though not a common practice, as I mentioned before, they are also consumed by locals um, in some areas of Southeast Asia. So people do consume their meat as well. So human-wildlife conflict conflict is one of the major threats apart from habitat loss that fishing cats face. How is climate change impacting fishing cats? So first let's talk about how climate change directly impacts a fishing cat's habitat. So as you know, and I've told you, fishing cats are wetland specialists. They live in wetland habitats and are therefore dependent on them. Um, wetlands alone are essential to most life on Earth. And these wetland-dependent species um, and these ecosystems are really vulnerable to climate change. So mangroves, swamps, and marshes are at high risk. Inland freshwater wetlands are likely to be affected more by increased temperatures and changes to precipitation. And more frequent or intense droughts, storms, and floods too. And wetlands that are highly modified or degraded, such as the city of Colombo, where I live, for example, may be even more sensitive and less resilient to climate change. So what will happen to the fishing cats then? So if this habitat is no longer suitable for them, they'll likely be forced to move out of their habitat and expand into unfamiliar territory. And along the way, they may face conflict with humans, they may not be able to find their natural food sources, and they may even end up as roadkill. 
So climate change will definitely put increasing pressure on fishing cats as they try to adapt to these changes, which could threaten their survival. What are some other threats faced by fishing cats? Um, apart from the threats that I've mentioned above, fishing cats also face threats from fish and shrimp farming, which again is another form of habitat loss. And it can result in the persecution of fishing cats again. So again, human wildlife conflict, um, as the cats may end up or be you know, pressured to attack livestock that are owned by local people. Another threat is diseases. So mainly diseases from domestic animals. So even stray cats and dogs and even people's unvaccinated pets, it's another major threat to the species. So rabies, feline panleukopenia, which is a highly contagious spiral disease that mainly affects kittens, is a major threat to fishing cats as well, which is why we constantly encourage people to vaccinate their pets. Um, another major problem that even the organization encounters a lot is when people try to help what they perceive um, as an abandoned kitten. So if there's an abandoned or what seems like an abandoned kitten, people try to rescue them. But in reality, the mother cat is probably around or has just left the kitten temporarily to go hunting. And when people try to rescue these kittens, they end up orphaning them in the process. So what does this do? It actually makes the kittens more vulnerable to contracting the above-mentioned diseases as well. So like rabies and feline panleukopenia, because that's what happens when you expose a wild animal to a, an unfamiliar domestic environment. So that's why we always tell people, if you see a kitten in the wild or any wild cat in the wild, let them be. If you feel like they're injured or abandoned, observe them from afar and call the relevant authorities or a non-profit organization like us who knows what correct actions to take and don't intervene. Can you elaborate a bit on the Urban Fishing Cat Conservation Project? Yep. So the Urban Fishing Cat Conservation Project, it takes place right here in Colombo. It began in 2013 uh, and is run by Anya Ratnaiker. She's the project investigator and also a founder of Small Cat Advocacy and Research. Um, she has made it her mission to understand how fishing cats were adapting to rapid urbanization, one of the main threats fishing cats face, um, and habitat loss that was occurring in Colombo, and did this by documenting their lives using remote wildlife camera traps. So these camera traps were set up in selected urban wetland habitats, and they captured, finally captured images of the endangered fishing cat here in Colombo. And the amazing thing is, the fishing cats that she took pictures of here are the only known population of urban fishing cats in the world. So Anya and her team still continue their remote camera trapping work. Uh, more details of her camera trapping work are actually on her uh, website as well. Please check it out. Um, and anyway, she works hard to understand the life of these elusive cats. She's also put radio collars. So collars like GPS collars on a few individuals to understand their movements, their home ranges. And during one very important component of her study on the fishing cat, which is the dietary component done by analyzing fishing cat scat or their poop. Um, and this is done to find out what the species feeds on. So Anya and her team discovered micro and macroplastics in the scat. 
And these findings suggested that accumulation of plastic is occurring in wetland food webs. And plastic pollution in these ecosystems could indirectly pose a risk to predators that do not directly consume plastic, but inhabit these contaminated ecosystems. So that's what happens when you um, pollute your wetland ecosystems in your area. Therefore, this project has begun and continues to use targeted research and awareness to protect the fishing cats through collaboration with stakeholders, raising awareness on fishing cats as well. And that's mainly what we're doing this month on Fishing Cat February, raising as much awareness as we can. Can you talk about Fishing Cat February? Yep. So it's a very fun and exciting time of the year for all Fishing Cat projects around the world. So it is a month-long awareness campaign to celebrate and educate the world about the Fishing Cat. Um, so we hope that even this podcast will serve to help us achieve that goal. And what else is SCAR doing to save the fishing cat? So one of the main and most important things that the organization is doing to educate and spread awareness on small wild cats, um, the fishing cat, and even other species, we so we organize workshops, educational programs in schools and universities um, to encourage the youth of Sri Lanka especially to appreciate these species and raise awareness on ecosystems and their conservation, because we believe that education is key to achieving our conservation goals. All of our research ultimately has a conservation outcome. And this is one of the main components in allowing us to reach that target. Could you briefly talk about your work with other species of cats? Yeah. Um, so, both projects in Kandy and Colombo, and also the new project in Hangama are focused on other terrestrial mammals. So particularly small carnivores and miso carnivores, but Safe Fishing Cats Conservation Project is also working on leopards at the moment, the largest cat, wild cat that we have in Sri Lanka. And they are working to understand the interactions between the leopard and other small wild cats. So the other small wild cats are the jungle cat, the fishing cat, and the rusty spotted cat. But in the region that say fishing cats is working, you mainly find the rusty spotted cat and the fishing cat. Um, and also they're trying to understand the relationship between leopards and humans in the area. Um, then also there's another project done by Chandima Fernando, another wildlife biologist in the organization. And he is currently working on the jungle cat as well. How can individuals contribute to SCAR and small cat conservation in general? Well, people can definitely contribute first. Um, I would like to say that SCAR and most of the hard work done through SCAR as a non-profit organization, it relies entirely on the generosity of people's support, um, their donations, and so on top of that, we'd like to really thank all of our current supporters and followers and we continue to encourage anyone to help by spreading awareness and donating through our website so every bit goes a long way and beyond that everyone can contribute in their own way simply by joining in with the environmentally consciously of living which is finally becoming a globally green trend 
Um, as we mentioned earlier in this talk about the importance of protecting the habitats of these cats, being environmentally conscious in small day-to-day -day decisions makes a huge change to the wetland habitats that are literally right on your doorstep. At least where I live, it is literally on my doorstep. Uh, so join in on awareness. Visit wetlands, like local wetlands, and help yourself understand and promote awareness on small wildcats. That's definitely how you can contribute more. So that is my final question for the interview. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure speaking to you. It was a pleasure speaking to you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Think Wildlife podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share.